Hey guys, it's March, and you're listening to Hola Bichola, Hola Bichola, Queen of the Rings. All right, welcome back, guys. Episode three. Thank you so much for tuning in with me today. So, um, yeah, uh, what an episode, <laughs> right? I mean, I think things are getting a little bit more clear. And I still feel like there's a lot going on and a lot of storylines that we have to see how they come together a little bit. And I feel like this episode is, started, is starting to help us see that a little bit better. And so I just kind of want to get right into it. Shall we? Okay, so we open back up at the orc camp. And one of my favorite things about this scene is that I loved the orcs costumes. I really loved their, you know, um, like, uh, oh my goodness, I am at a loss for words these days. Um, their costumes, like how they're designed, their like, <laughs> like studio effects or makeup and how these orcs this time look so much more touchable and tangible and not so CGI. I really like the light use of CGI, which even within saying that, I feel like there's probably a lot more G- CGI than I'm ex- than I think there is, but I just love that the orcs don't feel so flat. They can kind of come at you where in other shows or movies, you know, um, the orcs always felt so 2D these feel really like three and 40. So I really, even though I find them to be such ugly things, I really appreciate how there's a back to them. They have a back and a front. And so and you can just kind of see how, I don't know, underground, underlings, undergroundlings they look. You can just see like the whole of them. So we're um, kind of seeing that our dude, what's his name, Ardenus Endear, he wasn't taken by the Roots crew like I originally thought. He was taken by the Orcs crew. And, okay, if can someone explain to me what's going on here when it comes to these Orcs? Because I'm thinking Orcs are just single-minded. If you see one, they just kill you. Do you know what I mean? They just They just attack you. But these Orcs are like intelligent they got they have a whole camp a whole system where everybody is working there chained like slaves to like cutting down trees to make more orcs right if I'm not mistaken orcs comes from trees and mud and oil and sludge so I also found that mm, I don't know confusing a little bit I really thought if you see an orc it's on site so I don't know. I guess there's more to them than meets the eye. So next, we're back on the boat. And the way the episode ended, um, as you all know, she, um, Galadriel, Galadriel, she was uh, stopped by this boat. And we're on it now. And in this boat, we still don't really know what boat they're on. And I don't even think they know what boat they're on. I think they were just such cast castaways that they were probably collecting themselves 
And so we learn that this ship is from the island on the very far west end. And I believe the island is called Numero Numenor. They're on Numenor. And according to the elf side of the story, it was a gift to the men from the elves. But what we later learn is, well, that's her story, not their story. Their story is a little bit different. So we learn that we are on our way to Numenor, the land of the star. And one of the things that I was really fascinated by was just the port how beautiful it was it really reminded me of other shows that will not be named that had such beautiful statues as you entered some of their ports and i do wonder do we even have ports like that in our world like in this real world that we live in not on the show are do ports even look like that because i mean that would be just something else that that should be at least a 10th or 12th wonder if we have ports like that. I would like to be pointed to a port that looks like that in real time. And so another thing, while they were kind of coming into the port, and this is really a conversation I wanna have about all these fantasy places, is with all of the tech that there is in these worlds and these like magical, you know, these magical technologies that they have, how come no one has invented like a proper elevator to get to anywhere because when they're on their way to meet the queen they have to go up all of these steps and okay listen I'm not like it's not that I don't want to walk up steps I, I love a good you know stairmaster and I love you know going for the occasional hike but it just seems like 10,000 steps that's a bit much you don't think we could have had an elevator you know not everybody can you know if there are disabled people why don't they have access to the queen much more quickly and swiftly than these hills and steps I just I just thought mm, maybe you're not as advanced as you think you are well that's just me maybe they're not so uh, progressive as they like to think they are so now we finally have an audience with the king and queen of Numenor and um, Galadriel is really on something because she just walks up in this place like this elf that she is who's been at sea. I don't even think she even said thank you to the men of on these ships, these Viking-esque men. And she, she has this audience with the queen and the king and she's demanding. She is demanding boats and people and all of these things and I'm just like who the fuck do you think you are not even a hello not even a this is my name it's like uh, us elves gave you this this little island of Numenor you should at least give me this I would have stomped on her ass and kicked her out of there I would have thrown her tossed her off to whatever mythical warm orc thing is in the water fucking nerve Ugh, that, I mean, she really manages to be so unlikable in this series. I, I really thought I was going to be Team Galadriel, but uh, when I saw the way she just stood up there and just demanded things, mm -mm, no thank you, goodbye. So 
one of the things that we're learning about in this moment is the seaman, the captain of the the ship that um, saved Galadriel from dying away in the waters. Um, we somehow needed to learn about his connection to the story because it turns out that he's the father of Isin, Isidur, Isildur. I'm going to get this right. It's I-S-I-U-L-D-U-R. No, that's probably, that's just like my spelling. <laughs> well, you know, this is the, this man who's the son of the captain, Isildur. Isildur. Eh. Okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to butcher this, but it's getting butchered. Um, she, he is the king in the opening of the Lord of the Rings who gets, um, gets taken by the ring, you know, like I guess a blimp in, in the movie or probably quite significant, but I just, it didn't feel as like, it felt like if you didn't know this, you would have missed it. Do you know what I mean? And so we learn that he's his daddy. We meet the son and the daddy, and it's, I'm kind of like, all right, you know, what's his role in this, and why is this important? Um, but maybe later on in the episode, we'll find out more. And so then we find ourselves with Ellen Deer, which is the daddy's name. That's his name, Ellen Deer. And um, she hands him a sword. And at this point, I thought, well, finally, he's that's the sword that's going to kill Galadriel because I'm quite sick of her. I'm sure everybody's quite sick of her. I'm sure Halbrand is quite sick of her. I thought they had a little thing going on, but he's already seeing right through her selfishness and her, you know, um, her single-mindedness. Quite orc-like, I would, you know. The way they're both behaving, it's the same thing. It's the same side of a coin or she's going so far left, she's turning right. So now we're back at the Southlands and this is where we see more of this camp, of this intelligent orc camp. And when I say intelligent, I don't mean some sort of like grand thing, like it has elevators or anything like that. No, it's just intelligent that it's organized for the bottom feeders that these orcs are. I wouldn't expect these bottom feeders to have some sort of system, even a slave system, but they managed to put one together. So we're learning that there is a successor named Adar, 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 Adar. And one of the orcs kept repeating them, which again, they speak intelligently. All right. Well, this is fantasy, so. Um, and so he's just saying Adar, and he's yelling at this at Endear, and Endear's like, what? Like, what? Now I have to think about Adar? I thought this was about Saron. This whole time, I thought this was about Saron, but it, it's also now about Adar. And I guess there's like a little playful moment where we think the orcs are trying to make us think, you know, a little ruse, if you will, that they're, you know, at least empathetic to the fact that they might have some thirst. And so they're playing a little game like, here, have some of my water, and then 
I'm being kind to you, you know, have water. I'm not going to hurt you for having water. And so these men are standing up against these orcs and one of the men takes the water. And I'm assuming one of the men is part of the elf gang, elf soldier gang that they all come from because they all seem to recognize one another. And he takes a sip of the water and then passes it to Andir and Andir drinks. And then Andir, I believe, passes it on to his homie. And I guess the orc had enough and then slits the throat of the homie. And, you know, now Andir has to cut a big tree. And I'm assuming this big tree will create a giant monster, but also maybe Andir's thinking he, this is his way out. And also the way that his homie was cut while it was quick and swift, it was a really tiny cut. I wouldn't imagine a cut like that would have caused such a death, but you know, all right. So now we're back at Numenor, 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 and Elendir has taken Galadriel for a western horse ride. And I thought, now this is a sight to see. It's like the vast open lands of Numenor and they're on horses, regular horses. They're not flying horses. They're just like, you know, regular horses on, on the ground. And um, yeah, they're just kind of like just zipping right through the lands. And... Um, on the back end, we see Halbrand kind of offering himself slash selling himself. He's really loving Numenor and it's everything he could ever imagine for a beautiful place. And it's nothing like the Southlands, which, yeah, it's nothing like the Southlands. And so then we're kind of with like the Harfoots. And they're celebrating the fall harvest, I believe. But they're also getting ready for the pilgrimage. Is that what they called it? Or the migration. They have like a great migration. No, they don't call it that. But that's what I'm calling it. They're having kind of a, they're migrating to the next place. And, um, and while all of this is happening, you know, Bigfoot, he just can't stay quiet. He just can't stay still. And he finds himself taking a tumble and revealing himself to everyone. And so, rightfully so, the Harfoots are quite alarmed and afraid of such a thing that they don't know how to explain and how to take along with them. Another mouth to feed? A giant of all... Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I think our, I think our journey ends right here. Right? That, that would make the most sense, wouldn't you? I mean... Again, I don't know what he wants or what he needs. He still isn't able to speak or even try to get to understand the language. I mean, he's probably been with them for about perhaps like a month now. You would think he would pick up on something. And so then we kind of find ourselves right back with Elendir and Galadriel and um, Elendir basically offers his son to ride out with Galadriel to her journey on to finding Sauron or on her journey really to the Southlands because that is where Sauron is. 
that is where he is gathering his orc army and, you know, ravaging and pillaging towns and sucking up, you know, leaving little traps for other children to like pick up his, you know, his wand. It's kind of like a wand. It's not a gavel. Honestly, it really, do you guys know what it is? It's that like his, it's his piece that anyone who puts their hands on it gets a sight of the eye and almost gets marked by Sauron. And so now, you know, um, Galadriel is ready to set sail with Isildil. Isildil, maybe that's his name. And And I have on my notes that there's a starter and a sustainer. And I don't really know what that means, but I I feel like that means that what I was thinking at this time when I was writing this is that we have, you know, Galadriel, who is the one to begin this conquest, and perhaps Isidil is the one to end it. You know what I mean? I'm thinking this is where this is going to go. It's kind of like the passing of a baton if you will. And I think Sauron is also going to pass his baton to anyone who has his baton because he is not a real like person. He's a soul that jumps from person to person and he takes over their bodies is is my understanding of Sauron. And now we see Hellbrand in jail. How did he get into jail? I don't know. I mean, you know, it, it's it's a it's a third episode. It's 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 an episode that's supposed to kind of be bringing tying a tying in the loose knots of the first and second episode. But I find myself with just more questions. Where are the Harfoots going? Is Galadriel gonna find Saron anytime soon? Is there gonna be? A war? Are we going to see the orcs again fighting maybe the regular people? Which would be hard because it's a magical beast fighting against the everyday people of this world. When do the dwarves come back? You know, are the Harfoots going to fight with the dwarves and the kings and do the elves come back? I don't know. A lot happened in this episode that I still feel like are leaving us with a lot of questions. But anyway, guys, that's really all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know it's a quick one, but I think this episode went really went by much faster than the other two. I think it was about maybe like 45 minutes or so. Nonetheless, thank you so much for tuning in with me. And until next time. Oh, no, I forgot to tell you guys. If you have any questions, hit me up on hbxpod at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at hbxpod at gmail. And you can find me on TikTok as Olavichola. Until next time. Bye.